Thank you for listening to the Kayfabe Report, a podcast made by fans for fans. Join me, Cody Wilson, and DJ Hype Train Matt Glass for news, general topic discussions, predictions, and reviews. All that and more on the Kayfabe Report. Thank you for listening to the Kayfabe Report podcast. This week, uh, we're going to be talking about the trailer for the Brian Pillman episode of Vice's Dark Side of the Ring and all the topics that will be confirmed for Season 3. Chris Jericho on why he wanted to do the AEW mentioned on Steve Austin's podcast and how much he thought the show was edited. And Jeff Jarrett explains why TNA used a six-sided ring. All that and more here on the Kayfabe Report podcast. And we're live on Twitch. For the third week in a row. Still doing good audio, so, you know, there's that. Uh, as you can see, new backdrop behind me. I am in a completely new room, not my living room anymore. Um, but I am here with Matt. And Matt, how is your week, buddy? How you doing? What's up, everybody? Doing good. How are you? You know, I'm, I'm feeling better, you know, not doing that Thrive anymore, so there's that. <laughs> I felt lonely, I, you know. We did the podcast on Thursday, and then Tuesday, the last time, we got to talk to each other so much, so long, so fast. Now I feel like it's been forever. Right, exactly. It, it actually has felt like it has been <laughs> for freaking ever. Ain't that the truth? Um, so, wow. Uh, let's get into it. We're going to start off with the Dark Side of the Ring. Have you watched uh, any of these episodes of Dark Side of the Ring? I feel like I had seen one, but uh, it's definitely something I want to get into, especially after watching some of the WWE 24s. Yeah, uh, I want to I want to delve into the dark side. That looks really good. So they've done uh, a few episodes. They did a two part special on Chris Benoit and his whole thing that happened. They've done a special on Owen Hart. Uh, they've done one on Fabulous Moolah about how she was just a bitch. <laughs> apparently like she was like you know how the godfather played a hoe or, a, or played a godfather in like wrestling sure well apparently fabulous mula played the godfather in real life oh boy yeah like she was the pimp for a bunch of women wrestlers and only like used them when she said to use them it was it, oh it was fucked up to, it sounds to it. really watch, and I was like, holy shit. I'll have to check that out. Uh, you could probably find that on YouTube somewhere. It They're not shy on them using YouTube to get these episodes out. <laughs> but uh, the first episode they're doing is a two-hour uh, episode on Brian Pillman, the loose cannon. Uh, do you remember him at all? I don't. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Brian Pillman uh, first was in WCW. Uh, oh, actually, let me take that back. He was a former Cincinnati Bengal. He was okay. a def- I think he was a defensive tackle at 59185. Dude was freaking insane. <laughs> like he was crazier than a pet coon. But so they're going to go behind the scenes on that. He uh, he had an infamous, inf- infamous Raw segment where um, 
Steve Austin was outside his home, like, you know, circling around it. He beat up his friends, you know, like guarding Pillman. And then all of a sudden, Pillman pulls out a Glock. <laughs> you know something? I've seen that. I've seen that uh, clip. Yeah. It was I've definitely like, seen that clip before. It was like. He wasn't supposed to pull that out, right? That, I mean, oh, that no, was no. Not... He, he was going to regardless. The USA Network had no idea. <laughs> that's awesome. They were, uh, what was what was his nickname? He's Dennis Pillman, but what's his Brian Pillman? But his nickname was the Loose Cannon. Brian Pillman, the Loose Cannon. Well, it sounds like it if you're pulling a clock out. Yeah, well, he he always like tried to like bring like the backstage like talk to the f- forefront of wrestling. Like one like one ECW segment he did, he was wrestling a giant pencil. And the whole story behind that was is that he was fighting the Booker because he he always fought the pencil, so he just went and fought a giant pencil in his living room. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, but no, the famous line from that segment from the Raw segment was Austin three sixteen says you're gonna kick my ass. Well, Brian nine millimeter Glock says I'm gonna shoot your ass. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot your ass. <laughs> but it was just like it, it's it's weird. That he, like, died at the age of 35. But he had so many Damn. different problems. Like, he really wasn't supposed to do any of the shit that he did. And the fact that he was able to and did as much as he did is still a scientific miracle to this day. Wow. Um, also, in the third season of Dark Side of the Ring, they will be diving into the wrestling stories, including the collision in Korea, where in 1993... WCW partnered with North Korea and uh, I'm trying to remember the promoter's name, but some wrestling promotion in Korea or it was a new Japan or something. And they held a wrestling uh, event in North Korea. Damn. You wouldn't think that they would hold it in Korea in 93. Right. Like, forget that it's North Korea. It's 93 in North Korea. They're still fucking with people. I was one. I was one. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it says, in one of the most bizarre acts of political theater ever, professional wrestlers were deployed to North Korea, faced a terrifying ordeal that had them fighting for their lives. Uh, the, another segment or another topic they'll be talking about is the self-proclaimed king of the deathmatch wrestling Nick Cage. Uh, I don't know who he is, but John Moxley is heavily involved in that one, so I really want to watch it to see because he was involved in a bunch of death, like quote unquote death matches in Z in C C Z W and uh, C Z W. Yeah, Z Z Top would be proud of you. <laughs> no, not Z Z Top <laughs> C, like as in cat <laughs> Z as in zebra yeah, W. Um, they're also going to be talking about the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, they'll be talking about the Grizzly Smith story, which will detail how Jake the Snake and his siblings have been struggled have struggled to reconcile their past after surviving horrific abuse at the hands of their father and the mysterious abduction of their sister. Even better, an abduction. Right now, you've got me. In. It's like I'm gonna get to watch the first 48 CSI and WWE all at the right, same time. Right, that's what it feels it. like with this, and it's really cool. 
Um, and then at the end of the first half of the season, they're going to be talking about the Dynamite Kid. For those of you who don't know, the Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, were partners, tag team partners, and former tag team champions known as the British Bulldogs uh, back in the early 90s and the late 80s. Uh, good feuds with, uh, I think they had feuds with the Road Warriors. They had feuds with the Hart Foundation. Um, just really good technical wrestling from both of them. Big dudes back in the day. But, and even then for him, for British Bulldog, he, he was big then. He was still big afterwards, but bigger then. Uh, and then the second half of the season, we'll be talking about the darkest stories from the golden age of professional wrestling, which will notably include the steroid trials from the mid 90s, uh, where McMahon was accused of a plot to provide wrestlers with performing enhancing drugs. And with a guilty verdict threatening the force of WWF to consider running their business from a prison cell. He assembled a powerhouse legal team to dismantle the prosecution's case. So they're pretty much going to go in detail of that entire trial. About how Hogan went turned on him. How this happened, that happened. And how he had a neck brace like days before the trial. <laughs> Fell off his bike. <laughs> Sweet. Um, other cases or other stories will be uh, the story of FMW, which was a glorified over-the-top ECW in Japan. Like, more over-the-top gore than ECW ever did, period. Um, groundbreaking talent known as Luna Fashan. Uh, and one of the biggest stories that people want to know, the plane ride from hell. This was early 2002. It was in the private 757 charter of WWE <laughs> over the North Atlantic. There have been a bunch of rumored stories going around, but this will finally get down to the nitty gritty of it. And I can't wait because that's the one I really want to listen to. <laughs> Oh boy. It involves Kurt Henning, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, Vince McMahon, Undertaker, JR, and a few others on a private jet fucking around <laughs> with alcohol. <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. And then the uh, last story they're going to talk about is XPW which merged Rob Black's passion for porn and wrestling that's the tagline <laughs> right hmm. and now we get to talk about porn and wrestling mixed together just look rule 43 yeah. of the internet if you think about it there's a porn for it oh jeez please off the top rope. How'd that feel, sweetheart? Mm -hmm. Look, there's Lego porn, there's clown porn, there's DC porn, there's Avengers porn. You just gave a lot of listeners a lot of different ideas, bud. What? There's stick figure porn. Like, you could literally go onto <laughs> a porn site and look at stick figures. 
Like, I don't want to know what I don't know want to know what entertains you, but dude, there are some porn sites that you can actually like go to. No, no wait, hold on, listen, this is a good thing. <laughs> there are porn sites that you can go to and illegally obtain WWE pay per views. <laughs> they use porn sites as a backdoor to quote unquote backdoor, haha, get the pun as a backdoor. I see what you did there. As a backdoor to get uh people to watch wwe or movies or like they'll just upload shit to pornhub or sh- stuff just to see if they fucking watch it you literally used a backdoor joke there <laughs> i didn't mean to that's the best part it's awesome <laughs> it's incredible oh shit <laughs> but yeah with all those topics i mean this this season looks pretty cool i can't wait to watch it's gonna be awesome sweet if you wanted them to do something like that, you want to know the back stuff story on, what would you want them to do? Oh, who I think I would want it specifically on, on, on somebody more like, um, Eddie Guerrero somewhere or that. Maybe. I think they did, but I don't think it was like a... I well, I don't know if Dark Side of the Ring did that. I know they did... Oh, or perhaps perhaps like the, the Dark Side of the um, the transition from the... Um, I don't, don't want to say maybe not the transition, but how about just the Dark Side of the Ruthless Aggression era? Because you know that there was a whole bunch of stuff that we never got to see. Like, okay, great. This is going to be great. Everybody's going to pop. People are going to do so great. There was so much shit that went down. Oh, yeah. Like, did you did you watch the WWE 24 on The Miz? Did that come out already? Yes. Okay, I will have to watch that tomorrow afternoon during work. But I, I saw a trailer for it, and I thought that was pretty neat. You got to watch it, and without wasting time... There's just so much in that that you wouldn't have expected to have happened. Like just some really shady, just things that make you shake your head that you're like, really? Come on. These guys acted like this. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're probably talking about the um, locker room incident with JBL. Well, JBL is one of them. Um, I guess uh, who the heck else? Um, who else treated him like shit? It was probably JBL, Hardcore Holly, pretty much all the badass, quote-unquote badass tough guys in the locker room saying, you're nothing but a reality star. You can change in the fucking hallway for six months. Yeah, there people treated him like that. And then I, I think I, my wife had looked it up. I'm, I want to say Benoit or somebody yeah. treated him like That, like that makes sense. Yeah, him, Benoit. Like, like I said, all the tough, badass motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I guess um, the dark side of things. I'd like to. I'd like to see the dark side of what people thought was such a great time and such a great era. I want to see the dirt. I want to see the stuff behind the scenes. Well, you're you know? going to see that with the plane ride from hell. You you will see at least that one because that was the part of the transition between ruthless aggression and the attitude era. I'm down with that. So that will be an interesting time to look at it. <laughs> How about yourself? What kind of dark side would you like to see? I would, honestly, I would really like them to 
go through the entire Kurt, Karen, Jarrett cheating uh, story that went th- that went on. So that would be fun. Uh, did, There'd be a lot of drama in that. Well, do you did you did you ever hear about that? Who stole whose woman there? So Kurt and Karen were married, and then he went to TNA. And then in the midst of Karen being a talent, quote unquote, a talent, um, her and Jeff Jarrett started talking, started hooking up behind Kurt's back. And then Jarrett was um, asked to quietly step away from the business. And this was like 2007, 2008-ish. Okay. Then it like you sporadically saw Jarrett come back, and then after like 2009, 2010, he came back, and then they really the three of them got involved in a real life storyline angle, professional wrestling wise, just like Damn. just like the Matt Edge and Lita. That there's another one, Matt Edge and Lita, like that entire love triangle. Sure. Like shit, like that, like that would be is really interesting to me because I want to know because I mean they've already told Matt's side and they've told Lita's side and they've told Edge's side but I want to know what other people were thinking going into that you know what I mean sure they have here here the backstories mm-hmm. but they've never told Angle's side they've never told Karen's side or they never told Jeff's side I mean he might Jeff might tell his side on the podcast that he has now but other than that he, uh, I, I haven't heard anything what had actually happened besides the fact that, you know, Jarrett lost his life, his wife, the cancer. She lost mm-hmm. her, she lost her battle, unfortunately. And my heart is, our hearts are out to Jeff for that still. But just to, I just want to hear like how that transpired. Cause I, obviously they became friends at first and nothing was happening, but then something started happening. Yeah, that's it's a shame. I would never condone it. But you never know what people are going through and you finally have somebody to confide in, blah blah blah. It would be very interesting right, to hear the exactly. story. And it just it sucked because he's the founder of the company. <laughs> well, well, you can't fire the fucker. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but that's a good transition into the next topic, which is Jeff Jarrett explains why TNA used a six-sided ring. So, he has a new weekly podcast with Conrad Thompson called uh, My World with Jeff Jarrett. Uh, They cover the life and career of Jeff Jarrett from WWF, Memphis, TNA, WCW, The Works. Um, So... Here's why TNA used a six-sided... Would you like to take a guess why they used a six-sided ring? Not only because they were different. Yeah, I was going to say, just to stand out and be different, um, I'm trying to think of a, a really good reason to... I don't know, have bigger matches? I'm not sure. Licensing. Do you're telling me a four-sided ring is licensed by somebody? Well... Okay, not in that particular sense. So, okay, cool, you're a wrestling company, but 
we already have a wrestling company that sells toys. What makes you think that you're going to sell toys? Well, we have a six-sided ring. Already put shelf space on for that. Because that's different. That's unique. That's something uh, uh, different places can sell. Okay. So not only... And he even goes on farther saying that if it wasn't for the fact that we had a six-sided ring for our licensing, there'd be no toys, there'd be no video game, there'd be none of that. This was the entire fact that it changed our entire business ideal for licensing. Smart, pun. Would you like to know where he found it from? Was UFC already a thing? Uh, in 2002 it was, but he saw it in Mexico when they were doing it. Gotcha. So, so could you take a guess who wasn't a fan of the six-sided ring? Who wasn't a fan? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess probably Vince thought it was stupid. But I don't know if that's where you're going with no, this. No, no, not Vince. Uh, the wrestlers themselves. Uh, Hogan hated it. Sting hated it. Uh, a bunch of the older traditional wrestlers hated working a six-sided ring because it was just it. The ropes were a little bit tighter, the buckles were a little bit tighter, everything was like a tad bit tighter. And then when you use mm. a six-sided cage, motherfucker ain't given. Right. Because you put more sides That's on crazy. something, it's gonna fucking stay still. Sure. And it has no give. So that's why they also hated it because there was like, you know. (laughs) Here's a a direct quote. Obviously, I didn't come up with it. I saw it in Mexico. But when you are in a different television meetings, specifically when you're in toy vendors and really the overall licensing program and what makes you stand out from WWE. I'll never forget it. Sting wasn't a fan of it. Hulk wasn't a fan of it. There's multiple guys that weren't a fan of it. If they were in the meetings because, hell, I'm a wrestler, I know how to bounce off ropes. Working in a four-sided ring versus a six-sided ring, if you have a problem with that, grow up. <laughs> but in as far as sitting in on the meeting at the, the licensing meeting, they're like, oh, you have a six-sided ring? You have instant shelf space. That's a game changer and adding zero to the bottom line. Damn. So, and it was cool because different uh, things were obviously se- uh, separating different brands. UFC had the Octagon, so that was an easy toy to market. The TNA had the six-sided ring. That was an easy toy to market. Now you... uh surprised there's no triangular ring company out there. Don't put that in the universe. Who wants to work in a three-sided ring? Jesus Christ. Now there's going to be like circular rings and trapezoids and we're all cooler than each other. A trapezoid ring would be interesting. I'm not going to lie to you. Here we go. So now, tell me this. How many wrestlers that past and present were in the WWE also went over and were with TNA in this six-sided ring? Kurt, Christian, Hulk, Sting, Tyson Tomko, 
the uh, the uh, Dudley Boys, Kevin Nash, uh, the Pope D'Angelo De Niro, which is also um, Eli Bur- Elijah Burke. For those of you who watched Bad ECW in two thousand seven, um, who else? Joe, obviously, when he was when him and AJ, they worked it. Um, Matt Morgan. List goes on. There's a bunch that have worked inside that ring, and a bunch of the old timers hated it. A bunch of the new guys loved it. Gotcha. And it was it really helped out for Ultimate X because it really helped plant the like the steel bases for the X to go up. It it actually. I don't. I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about. Ultimate X. <laughs> okay, so you know how WWE has a ladder match. Sure. So for the X division, TNA Impact, whatever you want to call it, has what's called an Ultimate X match. There are four posts or four uh, metal structures at the corners of the ring, and it creates with white with red uh, strong cable across both ways. To create a red X in the middle. And hanging okay. in the middle of the X is the X Division Championship or an X, depending if it's a number one contenders match or not. The only rules of the match are hang on the cable, shimmy yourself down the cable, unhook the title. I got to watch one of these. I got a perfect one for you. Ultimate X Turning Point. Good? Ultimate X Turning Point 2005. It features AJ Styles, Chris Saban, and I think Christopher Daniels. It's either Christopher Daniels or Elix Skipper. I don't remember which. But AJ wins in a fantastic finish. Well, now I don't want to watch it. Just you need to watch it. I could I could give you the finish. You need to watch the match. <laughs> All right, 2005. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube Super. for free. I'll give you the link. Super. Super califragilistic X mashed. I got it. I'm ready. 2005. There, the phenomenal one. There have been some epic Ultimate X matches. There really Ultimate have been. Ultimate X. It sound. It sounds good. I mean, I'm, I'm with it. It's I'm a ready. great concept. Then they. Then for whatever reason, they wanted to up the bar and do Elevation X. <laughs> oh boy. Which is same concept except you're not on cables. You're on an X platform. That's by, that's I don't know. Probably three feet by fucking ten feet long. So it's three feet wide by like ten feet long. And it makes a giant red X in the middle. Oh man. And the object of the match is to make your opponent fall to the ring. About sixteen feet. I'm with it. They had... That's way better than what they do over on Ring of Honor, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Whoa, now you watch your mouth there, sir. Ring of Honor is wrestling. No, man, that that stupid thing came on the TV the other day, and they, they cannot cut promos to save their lives. They're terrible. No shit. Terrible. Terrible. Ring of Honor ain't Impact. Ring of Honor ain't AEW. Ring of Honor sure as fuck ain't WWE. But they have some of the Dude. best a- best athletes in the entire world on that promotion. I can give two shits less if they can cut a promo or not. I don't know. Your video quality that I'm watching right now is two times better than theirs. 
That's not fair. They have Sinclair Broadcasting on their side. That's a fucking syndication program channel across the entire United States. Oh, well. I digress. <laughs> I, I thought it was, like, the most horrendous thing I've ever watched. But Watch early Ring of Honor and then tell me different. Okay. I'll give it a chance. Like, 2011 Ring of Honor? El Generico, Kevin Steen, Jay Lethal, Samoa Joe... Uh, the Kings of Wrestling, which was Chris Hero and, or if you guys would know him, if you watch NXT, which is Cassius Ono, uh, and Cesaro. They were a tag team together. They whooped ass. Really? Oh, I'll have to check that out, cool. too. You might as well just start sending me little little lists of different matches and stuff to watch on different promotions. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm a WWE guy. I'm not into any of the other stuff, you know? I'm I'm a professional wrestling guy. Mainly WWE because that's what's on across my screen usually. But I do love watching other promotions in AAA, New Japan, the UK, uh, Ring of Honor, Impact. And... Uh, also, AEW, which brings us to our last news story. Chris Jericho on why he wanted AEW mentioned when he was interviewed by Steve Austin and how much was edited off of the show. So he was just on Busted Open Radio recently and talked about the recent appearance on the Broken Skull Sessions literally right after night two of WrestleMania 37. Um, and here's what he said about talking about going on this Broken Skull Sessions. First of all, I wouldn't have done the show if it wasn't to talk about my whole career, including AEW. There would be no benefit for me to do the show just to go on and talk about old things that I had done in WWE, and Steve wouldn't have had me on either. We were both very adamant that if we were going to do this, let's do it right. That's one of the things that I really enjoyed, and people were surprised. You have to know how I do things at this point in time. I wouldn't do anything that wasn't exactly the way that I wanted it, and it turned out perfectly. Interesting. And then he goes on to say, and I'm going to be paraphrasing here just to keep it short, uh, he was worried about the final product if it would be uh, heavily edited. He's like, we all know the answer to this. We were both very adamant about how we wanted the show to be done. But if Vince McMahon decided to wake up one day and says, What? I never said that. The whole thing could have been edited or it could have been just said, Gone, I want no mention of this ever again. But there was a lot of trust between Vince and Tony with Steve and Chris. So there was no reason to talk about things to bury either side. He just tried to keep everything in a positive light, which if you go back and watch that interview, it is a very positive interview about Chris saying about WWE thinking that it needs competition, and when AEW popped up, he jumped on that chance. This is on the Broken Skull session? Yeah. It was a very well-done podcast. Like they literally, they literally went into the AEW stuff like right away, and then they went through his whole career. <laughs> Might as well get that stuff out of the way so you, you at least hit on it. Right, exactly. I mean... Okay, so what what do you, what are your thoughts about this quote unquote foreign door in wrestling? What, foreign door. What do you mean? Or or forbidden door, I'm sorry. Uh so 
as in like other wrestling promotions shouldn't be working with other wrestling promotions as in everybody like pretty much every wrestling promotion is its own Marvel universe. Okay, I we've talked about this before. So I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that there's people who have heard me say this before already that are listening to our podcast. I think a freaking like a gathering, a tournament, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I'll just I'll just say Mortal Kombat because of the cool movie that just came out. But right. basically, send your send your five champions, send the t- your top five guys from each promotion, and do this ultimate tournament. I think it'd be really sweet to see something like that. I don't think that there should be a forbidden door. I think I think they should cross over. I think they should compete against each other. I think it'd be really cool. Now, do you, now my personal theory or my own personal project would be having WrestleMania not only be, you know, WWE, but this entire glorious stage for all of wrestling for the major promotions. So, like, have a couple matches from WWE, a couple matches from AEW, a couple matches from New Japan, a couple matches from Ring of Honor. Like, the best of the best you can put on to this show. I agree with you, but I don't think they should call it WrestleMania. Because WrestleMania is only WWE's stuff. But again, I think... Lo- when, when, you, when, you th- when I think WrestleMania, I think... I personally think the best of the best should be put on. Like, this literally should be the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. I agree with you, but Vince won't share. And that that I see as a problem. Right. You know, it, uh... It's just, it's it's hard to... It's hard to really take in the consideration that right now AEW and AAA and Impact Wrestling are all working with each other because Kenny Olivier Mr. Twinkle Toe McFinger Bang oh boy is now Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion AEW Heavyweight Champion and AAA's Heavyweight Champion what? yes he has he has three out of the six major promotions championships. Wow. Right. And he just won the Impact one last uh, on Sunday night at Rebellion, which, by the way, history-making thing, good for him, but the match was not as good as it should have been. Um, but there was no interference, so it was a clean win, so I can't really complain. But it could have been better. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't stand a chance against our big dog head of the table, Roman Reigns. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, without a doubt, I wouldn't let, I would not let Kenny Omega win against Re- Reigns, even if I was getting like five million dollars to have the win. <laughs> like if AEW and Tony Khan looked at me and said, "We'll give you one billion dollars towards your company if you let Kenny win your championship," I would have looked Tony Khan in the face and said. Fuck you. (laughs) A, in a real fight, Roman Reigns would beat that gamer skinny twig motherfucker. (laughs) And and B, I'd let him, I would literally let Roman Reigns defecate on Kenny Omega on live television. 
just Jeez. just to prove a point. Just to show WWE shitting on the other promotion. No, that's just not WWE shit on another promotion. That's just dominance. That's just you. If you let another man shit on you on live television, you you are now a sub. You that's what that is. You are literally putting stuff into the universe we do not need to see, Cody. Eh, well, there's already been a lot worse from WWE. I mean, shit, that's toilet humor. Vince would love it. <laughs> oh, God. No, it's just... So, WWE, Ring of Honor, AEW, New Japan, AAA, and Impact... All have separate world champions, but now with this "quote unquote" forbidden door open, now it's it's practically all of them versus Vince. Damn. So there's one of two ways it's going to go: either they're going to create their own, practically their own Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Vince will be DC, which is a beautiful reference because DC movies have not been doing good at all. But if they create their own Marvel universe, I think that will get more people's attention than, hey, what's going on over in WWE? Oh, Drew McIntyre just lost to Braun Strowman to make a triple threat match? Great. Cool. Alexa Bliss still hasn't wrestled in seven months. Awesome. <laughs> Lily's this new doll that they're probably going to sell on WWE Shop soon. Which, by the way, if they do, I'm buying one. <laughs> you would. Look, licensing is a thing, as we just read about with Jeff Jarrett. And if they license a fucking doll with head for teeth, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Because A, it looks cool as shit, and B, I would love to scare my kids with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's messed up. Yeah. I would do the, I would do the same thing. Don't worry. Well, when I was watching, like, or when they started the Firefly Funhouse back in a couple years ago, uh, I was watching it with Robert in the room. <laughs> that that turned out to be a bad idea. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's even freaky for adults, man. Like, that, some of that stuff that he was going at was weird. It wasn't, like, too far-fetched, but if you really follow it, it, it makes sense. Well, not too far-fetched, but, dude, there's literally people who mentally are, are like how he was acting. To go from all that happy-go-lucky to then, like, the manic-depressive, psychotic, like... That's real life stuff, and they just put it into a character. You know what I mean? Right. Would you like to know the really funny part with that? Oh boy, I'm listening. So, as I'm watching it, and I I let it finish. Take a guess what YouTube automatically plays next. Oh boy, I don't know. So you get that it's a Mister Rogers Funhouse type deal, right? Oh yeah. Well, it, it was an episode of it where it was Mr. Rogers' Funhouse with The Fiend. What? Yeah. So, th that all played out, and I saw The Fiend and everything, and Robert got a little scared. 
And then Daniel Tiger decided to pop up on YouTube right afterwards. Daniel Tiger. Which uh, is a Mr. Rogers character. Come on. Dead serious. YouTube's algorithm at one point was thinking that this was a child's show and mixing it with a bunch of different childs like like you know how like at the side of the page like it says all the related videos yeah yeah those were all the related videos with fucking like Daniel Tiger and like kid stuff was right next to I'm going to beat your ass <laughs> that's crazy so kids are watching youtube just minding their business mommy and daddy are doing dishes and whatever they're watching this little cute little tiger hop across and then all of a sudden you got the fiend ripping heads off of stuffed animals and yeah you get killer <laughs> clowns from outer space right after pbs so way to go wwe <laughs> wow that's awesome gotta love the algorithm yeah well they changed it really fucking fast <laughs> oh i'm sure Somebody's parent was griping. Oh, no, it wasn't griping. They saw that they made a mistake. And, like, they had a whole bunch of shit, like, with kids, like, looking into different weird shit. After, like, like you can, like, watch, like, 10 or 12 videos of, like, the same thing. And then you start going down a dark, you know, YouTube rabbit hole. So it was like, like one time I was like watching like 10 or 12 videos of like different Russian like car crashes. Like, you know, like the compilation videos of just people in Russia like fucking up badly. Right. And then like after the 12th video, it started like going into this like weird, dark rabbit hole of like even weirder shit. Oh boy. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm interested now, but... Not what I was originally watching. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so those are our news stories for the week. Um, and after this, we're going to be going to be talking about what happened with Mickey James. Very unfortunate. So Mickey James was released the day after WrestleMania. Um, and then a few days later, she had given her WWE severance package in a trash bag in a box. This is a former six-time women's champion. Right. A, I don't know, fucking almost 20-year veteran. Yeah, a legend, so to speak. Yeah. Married to Nick Aldis, the NWA world champion. Like, come on. She's a former country singer or still is a country singer. I don't fucking know what the hell she does anymore. Sure. But you go and then pretty much tell her, hey, this is what we think of you. It's fucked up that that they did that. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they... Took and uh, got rid of Mark Carano there, but oh yeah, he gone. He he got yeeted. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things you you don't mess around like that. You don't 
you don't make that mistake, and he made that mistake. <laughs> but again, it's like I don't know if it was him that made that mistake. You know yeah, but I mean? he, he he oversees right, it. He so. oversees it, but that is like that is one of the shittiest jobs to ever have. That is the one job you'll never oh. have anybody happy. Right, because you are now the you are the purgatory between Vince and the talent. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have to keep Vince happy, but now you have to keep the talent happy and what you guys are doing. Yep. So how do you how do you balance that? How do you make that something that can work? Right. That's a tough decision. Many, many tough decisions to make. Well, let's go over the list of people who have had that job. JJ Dillon. Bruce Pritchard, Jim Ross, John Laurinaitis had the longest tenure of that job, Mark Carano. Mark Carano had been with the company since 98, 99. Wow. But he had just become in the talent relations after Laurinaitis left or stepped down from it or whatever he did, which is funny because now he's back into it. He was back into it before, yeah, he was back, he was like, he was the vice president of talent relations, and now Corano was the executive vice president of talent relations, which I don't know what the fuck the difference is between those job titles. Who's the president? Vince. (laughs) Vince is the, he's the president of talent relations, he's not just. Just the freaking CEO and whatever. He's yeah, he's the CEO that. of the company, which means he's the chief executive officer, which means he gets to fucking say, hey, if I don't like this talent, fuck you. Right. No, I get that. but I mean, that, that's pretty much what covers CEO is like he's the president of this, 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 this. Okay. Just a general blanket. Yeah. Presidential. Um... Yeah, it was just it was just horrible to see. Yeah, that's fucked up. I was like, what the hell? Like how do you how do you treat a long time a a long time employee? She was there with the company from two thousand six to twenty eleven, and then she was with the company from twenty fifteen to twenty twenty one. That's nuts. Like how do you how do you let her slide like that? A, through your fingertips. I wouldn't have let her go anyway. You wouldn't have or you would have? I would not have let her go in the first place, really. I mean, maybe not have her on TV, but still have her in some capacity. Developmental, um, I don't know, a manager of some sort for a women's tag team, you know, something. Right, yeah, like keep her on air. She was doing, like, there was rumors going around that she was going to be raw commentator. Or SmackDown commentator. That would have been cool. Right. Like, I wish they would put a female voice on either brand. Yeah, I'm good with that. I liked when, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I forget her name now. but Oh, Renee. Uh, yeah, when Renee Young was doing commentating <laughs> and this and that. That was great. So, with a few minutes left, we'll uh, answer some questions here. Try to rapid fire some of these answers. Um... Are you, are we fans of the signature belt series that WWE is doing? And if so, who would you like to see get the next one? 
signature series. So like how they did that, like purple. How they're doing the purple one for Razor Ramon, the Bret Hart winged eagle, the Shawn Michaels winged eagle, the DX cookie bell, the um, Eddie Guerrero undisputed championship. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know what I would want to see. I'm not a very big fan of them. So, I guess. I, I mean, I know you, you like them. I so. personally would love to see John Cena's United States Spinner come back. Well, so all these guys, these signature ones, they had specialty belts? No, they just made them. They, they personally, WWE just made them because they're trying to make merch money. Gotcha. I mean, I do love the spinning uh, United States Championship. You that know, you throw John Cena. I can't find anywhere, and I'm getting pissed. I've not had luck either. I'm sure someday I will find it, and I'm sure I won't pay. I, I won't get a, a nice fair price on it. Let's just put it that I way. Ain't that the truth. Because, but I'd love to have one signed by him. Honestly, you know, yeah, certified signature or or watch him sign it myself. Mm-hmm. That'd be great because I. I need to meet John Cena someday. I don't care what anybody says. He's my favorite, always will be. I got to meet the guy someday. Right. Um, knowing Undertaker's WrestleMania opponents, what did you? What do you think his realistic record would be if he lost the match? Lost a match, thus the streak never happened. Um. If the streak never would have actually like become a thing once it hit 11, 12, 13, then people started counting, boy, oh, boy. A, I don't know who they would have, uh, like, it probably would have been, like, a championship match that he would have lost, say, like, Here's an interesting fact about 10. the record. Every time he went for a championship at WrestleMania, he never entered as champion. Ah, uh, see? So my theory would be then about nine or ten into the streak, he'd have went in as champ and lost to somebody. Okay. Um, and then his record would have ended up being like overall probably like sixteen and five or six. You know, whatever, however many matches he's had now, but right. Um. No. It, it... I think that if Diesel and Razor never went to WCW, Diesel would have beaten Taker at 12. You can make arguments for the first three or four, but the the way they were booking Diesel, he was going over Taker. But because mm-hmm. he was leaving for WCW, Taker won. He did the job on his sure. way out. Good point. So, and, and realistically, if we're going, like, really a two-on-one handicap match, motherfucker should have lost against Big Show and A-Train. That's some big boys. Right. <laughs> that was 800 pounds of mass. There's no way in hell Taker should have won that match. That's crazy. Um, That's another one. Uh, He should have defeated Flair because Flair was, you know, still had a... Um, ego problem, so he couldn't get that going. 
Should have beat Triple H. Um, man, the Boss Man match could have been with or without the match, period. Um, Kane, he needed to beat Kane in order to go against or to keep that rivalry going. Uh, Sid, he could have lost to Sid for the title. That would have been interesting. Uh, definitely Randy Orton should have won the Legend versus Legend Killer match because that would have definitely bumped up Randy's career. But Randy, uh, was being a gentleman about it and wanted to, like, keep the streak intact. So there's that. Um... Edge, I don't think, would have beaten him. Batista, you can make a debate about him beating him. I think Batista should have beat him. Okay, so there's that. Uh, 25, Michaels. Taker should have won because every other time Michaels faced Taker, he always won. Then the career match with Michaels, Michaels should have retired. Then the match again with Triple H. Then the match again with Triple H inside Hell in a Cell. Uh, CM Punk, you can make an argument for winning. Punk was always winning, you know, big time matches, mm-hmm. so to speak. So I, I could have seen that too. Um, we can save that question for next week. That's a, kind of a big question. Okay, here we go. Last question off of TikTok from. Uh, Brian Hope 2, what is a match slash feud that you would show to a non-wrestling fan to convince them to become a wrestling fan? Oh, um, I'm picking John Cena and The Rock uh, for the two WrestleManias in the row. Uh, the uh, The Rock makes John Cena lose to The Miz, and then The Rock and John Cena feud for two years, basically. You know, the Fruity Pebbles uh, promos and the back and forth with them. Those two of the best promo cutters ever um, in all of wrestling ever. Um, those two guys, that feud, I thought was incredible. Um, and Or just showing them, watch, watch the faction of The Shield. Watch The Shield uh, dominate. I think that, that would make somebody become a wrestling fan as well. Hmm. Interesting choice that you pick the two WrestleManias where they did nothing but have infinite finishers. I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you play 2K20, that's what you pretty much just did. You have ultimate finishers the entire time. <laughs> I have not, I'm not saying that those matches were the best matches. I'm saying that the build-up oh, between yeah. all of it, all those promos, like, if you're not a wrestling fan but you have an appreciation for drama and the way that somebody could get put on the edge of their yeah. seat. Those two guys cut promos for two years straight that I thought were oh, great. Yeah, and they kept it going with social media and everything, and it kept it uh, kept the drive going. My pick would be anything with Shawn Michaels. Of course. Uh, honestly, because uh, the thing is, is that the WrestleMania match with Taker at 25 – if you want to be a pro wrestler, that's the match to watch. If you want to know, hands down, how to be a great professional wrestler, you take notes and watch that match frame by frame 
and understand the psychology that went into that match. Yes, Shawn Michaels is. Uh, I mean, he's Mister WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, I, he, the way that he performs, the charisma that he brings to any match, any promo, the way he sells, yep. getting hit himself. I mean, you're you're definitely spot on. If if Shawn Michaels doesn't make you a fan then you are lame as shit. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that's hey, that's fair. But um yeah, so that is the end of the podcast. We will be trying to do TikTok questions every week if there's time. Um just want to do a quick shout out to Pat McAfee. Fuck you. Um <laughs> I I'm going to get that in every oh, week. <laughs> I think you're the worst commentator in the world. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> but, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna end the show. Like we always do F Mary kill and we're going to do, obviously I'm going to be picking cause you picked last week. Oh, what kind of theme should I go with? Okay. I'm going to go with. Bobby Lashley, Big Daddy V, or Viscera, however you remember him, and Alexa Bliss now. I'm killing Big Daddy V, Viscera. Well, he's already dead. Can't beat a dead horse. Right. (laughs) I'm beating that dead horse. Bye-bye. Um, me and Bobby Lashley will have a nice one-night stand. <laughs> and, uh, and, I'm mar- and I'm marrying Alexa Bliss because now, I'm saying then I now, got her. Like crazy-ass fucking yep. psycho chainsaw massacre Perfect. Alexa Bliss. Perfect, because I'm telling you right now, she's still, she's still as beautiful as ever anyways. And I got her forever then. Great. Yeah, not forever. Not if you fucking go missing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just become as crazy as she is. Yeah, no, your crazy won't match her crazy because her crazy is about the fucking top of the fucking chain. Yeah, it is. I love it. Like, you know the reference that I'm talking about, right? Like, you, the how I met your mother. If she's this hot, she must be, like, this crazy. But if she's this crazy, she must be, like, at least this hot. <laughs> she At least she fits that. Well, right now, she's a 10 crazy and a 10 hot. That's a fucking red flag. (laughs) Abort mission. Abort something. Um, (laughs) With that, that, uh, follow us on Facebook, TikTok, uh, Instagram, at Kayfabe Report Podcast for the podcast itself. Follow Matt at DJ Hype Train on Facebook, on TikTok, on Instagram. Do you have a Twitter? I don't remember. You do have a Twitter. Yeah, I do have a Twitter. He as has well. a Twitter yeah. at DJ Hype Train. Uh, follow me on Facebook at Cody Wilson, on TikTok at Cafe Report, on Instagram. No, don't do that because I don't have one. Um, <laughs> with that, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Have a good week. See you next week. And remember be kind, be thoughtful, be safe. Be safe.